0: following announcement has been paid for by the wzwa network
1: hi everybody this is former wwe superstar
0: al Snow. snowy my name is eugene and you are watching the insiders edge podcast now get on the
1: train
2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast here in conjunction with the WZWA Network. I am your host, California Infury. It's a cold, cold night here in Perth, Western Australia. And we've got a very special guest here tonight. He is a former member of the WCW roster in its heyday back in 1999 and 2000. He is known as... The Stroh, formerly WCW's Maestro. The Maestro, how are you doing today, my friend?
0: Uh, Great to be here with you guys.
2: Thanks for joining us, man. I'm really excited to have a chat with you about your wrestling career. Um, And I guess the usual question we start this off is, uh, you know, how did you first become a wrestling fan?
0: Oh, yeah. I've been a wrestling fan my my whole life, actually. Uh, Growing up as a kid... uh, Watching the uh, greats—Luthez, Harley Race, uh, the Briscoe brothers, the uh, Funks—the list, the list goes on and on. Uh, The Hart, the Hart family. uh, Just you know, not just from the United States, from uh, like all over the world, and to finally uh, become a part of the pro wrestling business for as many years as I've been uh it's uh it's been, it's you know, living a dream man it's it's been a real good, great ride for me
2: awesome bro um i guess you know as time wears on when you're a young and watching wrestling you grow up you become a young man uh there go, there's got there's got to be a point where you start wanting to get in the business yourself uh what you know what was that story for you as as it pertains to getting to the business
0: oh gosh yeah, i was in so many things growing up uh I was in theater uh I was like uh like plays like, like my ha Hamlet, uh Shake Shakespeare and uh, Macbeth, uh the cats Broadway. I was one of the cats, believe it or not. Wow. Like <laughs> I <laughs> got, got got me a cool trip to New York so It was really cool and um uh, heavenly music and uh you know amateur wrestling, football, um, uh, i I wanted to pursue soccer quite a bit, like a lot of my friends. Because I was uh, I, I love soccer, but it always coincided with other sports that I did. So <laughs> it, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, wrestling always uh, amateur collegiate wrestling, uh, which I, I came close to qualifying for the U.S. Olympic team, believe it or not. My right. Matt Schaefer called me for that, so uh, that was a, and I help out with the kids for collegiate tournaments every now and then. Yeah, coaching for them as well. So uh, so yeah, I, I have deep respect for people. And that have uh, gone on to the Olympics and done well. I mean, like, you know, Luke, uh, for example, um, Dan Gable. Yeah. One of my heroes that uh, went on to the Olympics. Uh, and I got a chance to wrestle with the Iowa Hawkeyes. So it was really cool. And then, you know, Kurt Angle, who I deeply, much respect for as, as well. And, you know, Ronda Rousey. Um, the, the Olympic athletes are just a breed above your normal athlete. You know what I mean? I mean. Yeah. It, it it never ceases to amaze me. So um always have uh, deep embedded respect for all my brothers and sisters of the mat, if you will.
2: Yeah. And uh, eventually at some point you um start training with uh under Nelson Royal, Gene Anderson and Ivan Koloff?
0: Oh yeah, what a lineage man. Oh my gosh, uh, the Minnesota <laughs> Wrecking Crew, Gene yeah. Anderson, Ole and Lars and then you know, of course aren't in the mix. Later on, and then uh, Nelson World, arguably one of the greatest junior heavyweights of his time. And then uh, Russian bear, Ivan Koloff, uh, what can I say, man? One of uh, the few people this time to actually defeat the great Bruno San Martino. Absolutely. The WWF champion, and uh, went on to become one of the greatest tag team champions in the NWA with Don Cernodal and uh, Nikita Koloff. Uh, so, I mean, he, the man's done it. I mean, he was a machine right up to the time he retired. And uh, the be training, the, the learning tree with these guys was just tremendous and it really propelled me to what lied ahead. And I, I remember watching the tape, one first tape study in the school of uh, Chief Wahoo McDaniel and the old man, Johnny Valentine, uh, Greg Hammer Valentine's dad. Yeah. And then and then later on, one of my first matches in the business was with Chief Wahoo McDaniel, like, oh my God. So <laughs> uh, what a it's crazy. I mean, this business never ceases to amaze me.
2: Yeah, no, as I was doing my research earlier, I was like, Oh wow, like Wahoo was still going uh in the early nineties and uh it must have been quite a trip to uh to work with him. Uh how was that experience?
0: Oh, it was fantastic. I, I remember Uh, one of our first encounters, right? Um, I mean, he would chop you to no tomorrow. I mean, he had these, like, these big, huge hands. I mean, he would, like, tattoo your chest. And um, I remember one time during a match, I picked him up in a vertical suplex, right? And which was no easy task, because he was a big guy, right? And after the match, I'm sitting there, right, getting my, unlacing my boots, and and Wahoo comes over to (laughs) me, sits next to me, right beside me, shakes his head. And he says, my God, kid, I haven't been picked up like that since Harley Race. <laughs> That's how we, how, we, how we broke the ice. And, you know, he really was really fond of Australia, actually. Uh, he told me about how much he loved Australia so much that he almost stayed for almost a year in Australia because he said the fishing, and the wildlife down was just so amazing.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, It is it's, a big uh, deal
0: over here. Yeah, yeah nature's a big Cambridge. thing, yeah.
2: That's cool, right. man. <laughs> um, so uh, at some point after, um, you know, your early days, you do become Robbie Eagle uh, and join Smoky Mountain Wrestling. How did it come about that you uh, joined uh, with Jim Cornette's mob there?
0: Oh, man. What, you, know, you know, I've been wrestling independently uh, for a couple of years before joining Smoky Mountain Wrestling, but Smoky Mountain Wrestling kind of like was like my first territory yeah. And uh it was just tremendous. She had a great combination of veterans and up and coming young talent such as myself. Um and, and Cornette, Rock and Roll Express, Tracy Smothers, uh Dr. Tom Pritchard, um Robert Ford, Jimmy Golden, uh I mean you had Kevin Sullivan who who's helped me tremendously over the years and, and Pretty much passed the torch to what I'm doing now with the whole Papa Stro thing, right? <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, it was it was great. Those guys helped me out so much, uh, and to this day we're all good friends. And uh, I can't thank Jim Cornette, uh, uh, Sandy Scott, and uh, Tim Horner, which was kind of running the ship at the time. And you know, yeah. Brian Hildebrand, Brian Hildebrand was there, rest his yeah. so he was a tremendous guy. And I, I learned so much over there. And uh, you know, Chris Candido, which I love to death. Uh you know, we're and at the time at the time we we're about the same age, you know what I mean? Living the dream. We had him, myself, Bobby Blaze. Yeah. Uh uh, it was just uh it was just great array of time. I learned so much from him. and at the time Smoky Mountain Wrestling was the liaison between the WWE and WCW, right? So they're right. kinda of pulling talent from each. So uh we were like the third Big territory, believe it or not, back then. So it was a great way to get started in your first territory, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: Absolutely. Uh, Jack? Yeah. Um, so, as you mentioned before, uh, you started working for uh, Jim Cornette with uh, Smoking Mountain Wrestling. Uh, how was it working under Jim Cornette? Uh, how was he as a booker? Um, what was your experience with him? Because everyone knows he's very passionate about the business. And um, that's probably a, a better thing for pretty much all wrestlers uh, to be working under someone that genuinely loves the business so much. So how was that experience for you?
0: Oh, tremendous! Uh, Jim Cornette's like an encyclopedia of the business. I mean, <laughs> he studied business up and down, and he was always great to us. And uh, and I, I really learned a lot from Jim. And uh, and Jim was another guy that's, that's always been good to me. He's always helped me out. Uh, and always gave me great advice. And uh, you know, he, he was always straightforward. You know, what I mean, yeah. I, I can always. You know, Jim, Jim was always, you know, he come at just straight. And you, you, I, I really appreciate that because in business and life, you know, you, you'll get people to say one thing and do another, you know what I mean? But yeah. uh, Jim, Jim was always pretty straight.
3: That's, I think that's what you need as well as a uh, wrestler because, of course, you want honest, uh, honest feedback. And especially if it's coming from the guy you're working for, I think that's the, the most valuable part about it. Um, what are some of your right. favorite memories of working with uh, Chris Candido?
0: Oh, man, that, that guy could do it all uh you know we had a a great feud in Smoky Mountain Wrestling at one point with, with the Beat the Champ TV uh, yeah. championship at one point and and you know, Jim, Tim Horner was involved with that too which which Tim was always great too. and which i thought Tim Horner was probably one of the most underrated wrestlers ever in the business uh great great wrestling technician um him and Brad Armstrong were one heck of a team back in the day, uh the Lightning Express uh we called that but uh but, and, and Brad Armstrong's another one that, uh, oh my gosh, that, that guy, uh, I mean, he can go with anybody. I mean, he was, I mean, the dude didn't have just a six-pack, like a freaking eight-pack. I mean, he was put together and so athletic and could, could have a great match with just about anybody, including a broomstick. Which is tremendous.
2: <laughs> yeah, he was, he was absolutely awesome. We, we, we've heard from so many people, where you know, almost every episode, someone's mentioned how good Brad Armstrong was.
0: Yeah. yeah, I love him. His whole family, you know. I mean, they they kind of accepted him as like one of the brothers, you know. And the the I've I've wrestled uh, every one of them, including uh, Bullet Bob, and uh, and yeah. their, their dad is <laughs> their dad is tough as nails, man. Oh my god, Bullet Bob. I I remember uh, they're telling me, uh, you know, Road Dogg and everybody was telling me about some of the fights they've had. With their dad is like, yeah, you know the they would hate to fight their dad because their dad wouldn't sell for them. You know? <laughs> they keep coming out of your Awesome. I love those guys, man. They're awesome.
3: Um, overall, uh, from your time in Smoking Mountain, uh, do you have any fun stories and uh, what are some of your best memories uh, from the time in Smoking
0: Mountain? Ah, oh, gosh. There's so many. Uh, like Ricky and Robert, Rock and Roll Express, were always great to me. And it was just amazing uh, learning from them as far as like tag team wrestling goes, I mean, he had some, some of the best. Rock roll Express, Heavenly Bodies, uh, Dr. Tom Sweet Stand, and later on Jimmy Del Rey. Then Bobby Eaton got in the mix there in Smoky Mountain Wrestling at one point. And, yeah. uh, and you had the, uh, oh gosh. It's, it's like some of the best The best went through there. The Macho Man, Randy Savage, Jake the Snake Roberts, uh, which, you know, we got to be friends later on. And we're still at this stage. Jake, I learned so much about ring psychology and everything through him. And um, and I mean, he can talk to you about business life and everything. We've stayed up all night talking about just different things. And the sun will come up, and like Jake, do you realize we've <laughs> been talking all night? And I, I was with him in Mexico, actually with AAA, and for uh, for uh, trip- And uh, what a what a t- tremendous experience that was, and uh, learned the lucha. Libre style and everything was really cool and uh, so so many good stories in that. I I remember um, asking Jake, because, like, you know, he's like, the, their style was very acrobatic, you know what I mean, and and all that." And uh, Jake was like, "Well, do you see me doing all that stuff?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I just do my thing, man. <laughs> so and, and 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 Jake is like Andre the Giant over there because he's like six six, you know. What I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he was a lot of fun, and I, this stage one of my good friends. I'm always learn something new from Jake every time I see him, and he really helped me give me some good advice, too. So yeah, nothing but love for Jake.
2: Cool man, yeah,
3: Jake's awesome. We uh we saw him uh at one of his uh, shows at the start of the year, um in here in Perth. I uh, just you know telling stories at one of those uh those bar shows that he does these days. Uh, a lot
2: of fun. Seems like an awesome guy as well. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh yeah fantastic
2: um so maestro i wanted to uh bring it to 1993 uh i found a nice little nugget uh in my research uh your first experience at wcw working on wcw saturday night august 14th 93 i think you know who i'm talking about you work with the one and only man called sting uh that must have been quite the experience uh t- tell me about your first experience in in uh, such a, a big company like wcw and working with uh, a hall of famer
0: oh man uh you know i i've wrestled with sting uh doing a couple of eras you know of course you know, the the surfer looks sting right with the blonde hair and everything and then <laughs> of course the the, the crow sting <laughs> wcw um sting was always a class act man all the way and um A lot of a lot of us used to call him Ghost in the locker room because he just like could come by and wave and say hello, you know, (laughs) coming back back and forth. But he's such a cool guy, guy, and um, you know he was uh, always been straight with me, and uh, it was always great, a pleasure to work with. And um, during that year, you mentioned uh, my first break in WCW, I I had some good matches. I had a match with Sting. Like you mentioned, uh, Cactus Jack and Max, Max Payne had a good tag match with him. And this was my, my first experience with Cactus Jack, which was really cool. And, uh, and, uh, during that time, Mick, Mick, man, he, he, he'll do anything.
1: <laughs> <Right>? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mick, Mick was wide open, but he was so cool. And, uh, you know, Buff Bagwell, my first time wrestling with Buff, which, you know, we got to wrestle a little bit more later on and uh, towards the decade during WCW. So, um, uh, but, um. Uh, yeah, it was a good way to break the ice. And it was funny because uh, years years ago when I was younger, I first met Black Jack Mulligan and Ric Flair at a convenience store. And I was helping them get their drinks to their car for the next time because they were kind of tired from the show, right? Well, fast forward, um, in, the, in the business, you know, meeting back up with Black Jack and Rick, man, they, they actually remembered that night. That I helped them carry their <laughs> of the beverages in the car. So they took, me out, they took me out, got me a drink later on the night after this show, right? So I was like, this is pretty cool. Small world. Crazy.
2: <laughs> um, what was the uh, backstage atmosphere like at, uh, at that point in WCW 93?
0: Oh, it was awesome. At that time, uh, WCW was like rocking the world. I mean, you had. Um, you had the Nitro, the Thunders, you had uh, the NWO going on really strong. You had Goldberg hit Sting. Uh, and I just, I, I was like right in the middle of the hot seat during that time with, with Monday Night Wars and everything. So it was like a really, really good timing, right? And um, I could be in a match with Rey Mysterio one night, and the next night in a match with one of the legends like Piper, Flair, Macho Man or something. I mean, it was, it was a, such a great time. And you had people from all over the world culminating together the best, of best from Europe, from um, Canada and Mexico, and just all points in between. I mean, it was just a, it was an awesome time and be involved in that. And ECW guys watch us. Uh, we would watch Raw. The Raw guys would watch us in ECW. <laughs> it was yeah, just, it was crazy. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> would
2: you would you consider would you see uh, you know when you look back was there a distinct difference between what 1993 was like when you're doing the odd shot here and there for WW uh as opposed to when you were there full time.
0: Oh yeah, tremendously. I mean the business that... it you know how the business goes in cycles like the peaks and valley stages, right? It, it was like peaking big time towards the end of the decade with the MA yeah. Wars, you know almost to the point like it was in the eighties, if you will. And um you know with <sighs> it would like and it was spreading all over the world like you know like even like japan at one time had the nwo faction yeah right and um wrestling uh guys you know the great muda and chono and oh man and jushin liger come in and it was just uh it was, it was such an exciting time John- and of course the guys from europe which i knew well like rian regal uh fit finley dave taylor Doc Dean, Robbie Brookside,
2: yeah, just so many talented people.
0: <laughs> Unreal, man. And then those are just some of the names. <laughs> yeah. Get ultimate dragon, ultimate dragon, and all the cruiserweights, which was phenomenal.
3: Why, oh, was. There's so many stacked names in that roster, and especially like even looking back when you're mentioning all the names from Smoky Mountain, like. Whole, like, because I'm, I'm 22, I'm not very familiar with uh, a lot of Smoky Mountain stuff. But even just looking back then, and a lot of those names you mentioned just wow, what a, what a roster back then! Like, it's just you know, when you look at, when you look at it today, there's just not, a, not a, uh, half of the star power um, in wrestling as there are, used to be. But that's a whole nother conversation for another day. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs>
3: yeah,
0: right. It's <laughs> changed a lot. And it, it's cool that you know, people I've helped in the business kind of get back to, they're doing well, like, revival. Yeah. Um, FTR you know Dex Hardwood but you know which I, who I've helped in the business and, and Cash Wheeler they're still doing their thing the AEW um, and Sasha Banks even gave me a shout out
1: to
0: my school Gallows and Anderson Bullet Club um, Bobby Roode um, P. D. Williams and different people over the years you know I mean that have had success you know that I've had the fortunate ability to, to have helped you know with them so it, it's it's really cool i like to see people be successful kids give back because you know they keep that machine rolling and i vicariously live to their success you know yeah that's just you know it's it's so it's it's great you know i mean that's what's all about you know helping uh keep the business and the art of pro wrestling alive and i mean it, It's still, I mean, even though with the entertainment involved, it's still very much a sport and um, a very grueling sport of that. Where you know, we even this pandemic, you know, we still get (laughs) these breaks It's like three hundred sixty-five days a year. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah, and everyone's still somehow uh, they're still putting in work and still putting on shows, or at least some places are. But um, yeah, again, right, the conversation for another day. Um, So after. After coming up short so many times before and winning the um, Smoky Mountain Beat the Champ uh, TV title over Candido, was this your first title?
0: Uh, well, I've had uh, different championships on the independent scene before then, but this was like uh, more or less uh, my first one for a like a, a major territory, like a Smoky Mountain Wrestling, yep. and um, it, it broke the ice for a lot of things ahead. So, uh, which. Uh, led me to um, Memphis, Memphis wrestling, actually, at one point, which, uh, and right during that time in 93, like you mentioned, I was doing back and forth shots with WCW, and which uh, came another turning event in my career, life, and something I didn't realize at the time was an actual shoot until I was... um, Dusty Rhodes and William Regal and different people were comparing my style to the original Gorgeous George, right? right. And uh, and it was kind of snowballing, right? And they were actually going to bring me in and do a deal with myself and Johnny B. Bad at the time um, with that, which I was pretty excited about. But I was just so curious why everybody kept saying, you know what I mean? So I, I went to my grandpa, right? And I, he's like, Grandpa, what's, you know, help me out here. What's going on? I, I told him what the situation was like, and he looks at me, right? And he says, you didn't know? And I'm like, didn't know what, Grandpa? And he, he tells me that, sorry, he tells me, he tells me that um, Gorgeous George was my granduncle. And that him, him and my grandpa were like, Amateur boxing buddies from back in the day before he broke into wrestling.
2: Oh, really? So it right. was
0: floored, floored me, right? So that inspired me to don the name Gorgeous George the Third, which I, in honor and retrospect of him, which I, I was under that name for quite a while before I got on WCW full time. Wow! Because I went, I went to Mexico with the. Oh, I went all over, freaking all over the world. <laughs> George the And you had some great matches with Jared King Lawler. I was part of a Freebird clique in Memphis with uh, Doug Gilbert and former world champ Tommy Wildfire Rich. And we had a few with PG-13 at the time, which was great. Um, And uh, Brian Christopher had some matches with him. Got a tag with Scott Hall when he was Razor Ramon. And Matter of fact, funny story. Like, one of my first times um, full-time with WCW, I'm in the back, you know, with the agents, right? And uh, Hall and Nash walk in, and uh, Hall is like, "He calls me George, right?" From <laughs> like, "Hey George, remember we used to beat up Lawler in Memphis?" <laughs> and, and, all, and all the agents looked at me like, "Was that you?" I was like, "Well, duh." <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, uh, tremendous!
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> um, so, uh, in, still in 1993, you ended up uh, leaving uh, Smoky Mountain. Now, uh, what was the reason for this?
0: Uh, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Yeah. Uh, what was the question? I'm sorry.
3: Oh, uh, sorry. Um, so at the end of uh, sorry, in 1993, I ended up leaving Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Uh, what what was this?
0: Oh, oh yeah. Uh, well, uh, because I, the opportunity came about with uh, it started with Memphis Wrestling actually. Yep. Um, uh, with USWA, and uh, uh, two guys who really helped me out with that. Well, Re William Regal said a lot of good things to a mutual friend of ours, uh, superstar Bill Dundee. Yeah. yeah. Um, which you would call, he managed William Regal one time in WCW. And it was him and Larry Booker, uh, one of the original Moondogs, tag team Moondogs, right? They put in the a yeah. good word for me for Jerry Lawler in Memphis. So I came in as uh, Gorgeous George third, And um, my style was uh, a lot different per se because I had that William Regal type style, more wrestling technician style. Which, uh, which was refreshing, the time from from the old Memphis style, if you will, <laughs> right. So
2: yeah.
0: I was the more like the more of the tech, the heel technician, more or less with the sort the third persona. But uh, it, it worked out pretty cool, and uh, I mean there were times where even I was, some people were telling me I was wrestling too much, right? Which I, I thought that was pretty comical. But,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it was a good time. I had some great, great, great memories there in Memphis, and I learned a lot too, as far as you know, being ring Jerry King Lawler and ring psychology. Because, I mean, gosh, if you, if you have a bad match with Lawler, something's wrong with the universe. <laughs> I mean, he's yeah. so great at what he does. I
3: haven't um,
2: uh, seen a bad Lawler
3: match. I, to... I,
2: wanted to, I wanted to ask about if you're sharing a locker room with PG13, Tommy Rich, Brian Christopher, surely there's a bit of a party going on every now and then. Do you have any stories of uh, times where you guys would party together?
0: Oh, my God. That's Jamie, man. I love Jamie. <laughs> Jamie, <laughs> and wolfie.
2: Jamie sounds insane.
0: <laughs> oh, gosh. There were times you know, with Jamie, man. He gets so fired up. He goes like 100 miles per hour, man. he be talking like, you know, guys, maybe you should do this and that. And uh, uh, maybe you should go to this, hang out here or there, whatever. <laughs> and, and I remember Tommy just looking at that chick and said, hey, Jamie, slow down, man. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> i gotta i can't keep up with you, <laughs> you know? well, i love those guys but we had such a good time so I mean, we had all kinds of crazy matches too even our mamas got involved tommy rich's mama and Wolfie mm-hmm. d's mama he had cage matches street fights uh hair versus hair you name it matter of fact our, our hair versus hair match got the main event the mid-south coliseum in okay. memphis which was which was uh, big at the time because you know the main events usually would be more or less for Lawler and Dundee, right? Yeah. So it was it was a big deal. So that I was I was like, yeah, hey, this is really cool. But yeah, those guys were great. I I love those guys. We we had so much fun, man, and uh I I could wrestle with those guys forever, man. It was, it was such a good time, and and I really learned a lot from being in the ring with them.
2: Do you have any um, fun? rib stories or uh shenanigans backstage in uh
0: uswa oh god too many (laughs) too many Oh jeez um i remember uh uh jeez i'm I'm trying to think of one I, i got one there oh yeah um <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I remember one, there's been so many over the years. I mean, God, so, so many good ribs. I, I remember one time I um, pulled a rib during a house show where, um, you know, one of those soaps that makes your hands change color, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I brought one of the bars of soap through the locker uh, in the back in the bathroom, right? And just placed it there in the, uh, a, <laughs> the say who would like take the bait, if you will. And wash your hands in it. And one of the younger wrestlers actually um, took the bait and they were washing their hands. And the reason why we knew, because that night he came out to the ring wearing like these palm olive gloves on. <laughs> 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 to cover up of multicolored hands. You know what I mean? <laughs>
2: that is a very creative reason, if I do say good. so myself.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I've never had anything like that before. Tremendous and, and Buddy Landale, oh my gosh, what a heel he was. Nature Boy. You, you guys remember Buddy Landale, right? Yeah, I know of him. Oh gosh, he uh he would get the uh, he would he would get people so riled up sometimes. I mean, this <laughs> this is shenanigans alone, right? And I know even Tracy Smothers, who's usually like wide open, he'll he'll do anything. He even told tell Buddy that Buddy calm down, man. <laughs> I wanna get <laughs> home tonight because you you know, get the sex, the crowd so far, fired up, you know what I mean? But uh, and yeah, Tracy Smothers man, I, I love this is one of the guys helped me out so much I had some great matches with Tracy then and um uh, uh, love the guy to death. He's uh oh, always uh toughest tough as nails, man. And there there be a couple of times that uh even get upset with somebody out and not being be in the ring with them, I would have to like Really hook him to calm him, calm him down. <laughs> I didn't, I was trying to save the other guy's life. Because if I let him go, he'd go after that dude. <laughs> but he, he's great, man. I, lo- I love Tracy. He really taught me a lot. And um, like I said, Buddy was another one. Or Ricky and Robert was great. I love watching the tag matches, even to be in the ring with them. I mean, it
1: just,
0: it just uh, like a reminder of how the art of tag team wrestling really was, you know what I mean? Of course the timing and everything. I mean, they were so smooth and precise with everything they did. And I remember Bobby Eaton one time he was him and I'd say him and Ricky Steamboat were the two of the smoothest wrestlers I've ever been in the ring with hands down. Um, There is, there are times where I I couldn't even feel Bobby Eaton in the ring. That's how smooth he was. The next thing you know, he's doing the transitions and everything's like wow, man! I mean, amazing. Bobby's, and 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 it's ironic because Bobby and uh, ricky are two of the nicest guys in the business, but yet two of the greatest artists, ring artists.
1: <laughs>
0: right? Yeah, ever. Bobby certainly yeah. had one of the best working punches. Oh, fantastic! I would say him, Bobby Eaton, Jerry Lawler, yeah, uh, Hacks, Hacksaw Butch Reed, who was like with Doom at one point, with Ron yeah. Simmons. Uh, those guys had some of the best punches, man, to this day. And I always put those guys over like anybody wants would learn how to punch, watch these guys, on, study these guys on tape, man, because their punches are in so, just sharp as sharp can
2: be, you know? <laughs> That's it, yeah. Um, I want to ask you before I throw it back to Jack about um, – First of all, what you, you feel you learned most in USWA, obviously you went there with a little bit of a more different style to the Memphis crew, but um, also what led you to uh, leaving Memphis?
0: Well, I uh, had a great run there in Memphis. It, uh, it was just one of those things, was, it was ch- time to kind of change up things, if you will. And I saw the opportunity to uh, go to Puerto Rico Right. So, is this
2: kind of like a yourself. running theme with your career? Like you, you spent time somewhere. It gets to a point where you're like, uh you know what? I think I need to try something else. And then you go elsewhere. You have a run there. Okay, it's time to go somewhere else to freshen things up. Is that kind of how
0: you, your your
2: career went? Yeah. Nineties. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. You know, just like kind of like back in the day when guys and gals go from territory to territory. You know what I mean? And, right. And, and you, it's a shame. You know, I mean, because it was a good time then. Because I mean, you can still go cool to somewhere new and still be fresh.
2: You know right? Yeah. yeah. It's like you're one of the last guys that got to actually work different territories and go from one place to another and it be fresh. Because you know, it's not all over the uh the <clears throat> internet and everything.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, well, Jack, like, had... oh, can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, your time in Puerto Rico, like, how was that whole experience? Of course, um, you know Puerto Rico is a—it sounds crazy down there, so far away from where we are, man. So I mean, I'm very oh my interested God. in how that was.
0: The TV was so strong on the island, you know what I mean? And uh, it was really cool because you had the interviews, uh, pretty much like you do with any time you go overseas, a different country. You have a translator, you know, to translate your promos and everything, and yeah. then. You Go right. to the different towns, towns, and uh, it, it's crazy driving down there in Puerto Rico because like the emergency lane is literally the third lane, <laughs> a lot of places. <laughs> and but it was great to, you know, be uh, Carlos Colon and some of the Puerto Rican legends there. Um, uh, matter of fact, um, uh, yeah, you know, you know Bronco, who was a huge heel from the Dominican Republic, uh, oh, he was a great guy, gosh. Um, one time. One time, he called the the people a bunch of Haitians, and uh, the one that <laughs> shows, and they set us car, car on fire, and we had to take it home. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, point. holy shit! Oh, uh, and uh, you know, and you you're in there with Abdullah, right? Like Abdullah Butcher, and you know they're doing stuff at you. And actually, when you're brawling Abdullah, he's saving you <laughs> once you yeah. breathe, The crowd is <laughs> because they're doing all kinds of junk at you. And, Oh, I, I remember one, I told this funny story one time, I was uh, wrestling Jungle Jim Steele at one point, And I grabbed a banana from the crowd, brought it to the ring and, uh, and, and, and asked him if he was hungry and used the banana on him. And he got, <laughs> he started chasing me around and he slipped on the banana field. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the,
0: the, the, tag, the, tag, the tag match after us they're all slipping on banana and everything it was always oh, ridiculous
1: that's <laughs> but, <laughs> but
0: uh a lot, 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 lot of good times in puerto rico man I, I learned a lot and uh you know some of the uh wwe talent would go down there like uh, king mabel is down there was with them, yep. and uh, we got tagged with there in memphis and everything because like when i was in memphis it was kind of like the uh the NXT of the time, right? Yeah, you of know, course. WWE, time, right? Yeah. So, but, uh, but but yeah, Puerto Rico was was a great experience. Uh, I learned quite a bit, and uh, it, it and then from there, actually, if if I have yeah, a call, yeah, it was a care when I had my first tryout with WCW. Right, um, Macho Man called me. Macho Man called my uh, condo. I was on the <laughs> And Val Venus, I was with him, Sean Morley. He answered the phone, right? And uh, he says, "For you." And he looked at me. He said, "You're not gonna believe who this is, right?" <laughs> <Someone> <laughs> there, man. And I'm like, "Get out of here, man!" <laughs> so Randy Savage on the phone, and 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 he, he's like, "Man, he talks just like he does his promos, right?" And yep. uh, so he's on the phone, sure up. And he's like, "Hey, how you doing?" I'm like, "Oh my God, it's Randy." <laughs> and and just him and Hogan were hooked trying to. Hooked me up with a tryout match. Uh, because uh, see Jerry Jarrett was a good friend of mine. Yeah. And uh, he Jerry Jerry liked liked me a lot because I was like one of the shooters. You know, I mean? he liked all the shooters and tough guys and stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: He, <laughs> he and and was a big, gorgeous George guy, right? You know what I mean? Of
2: course, oh, yeah. I think he didn't he did. he bought the uh rights to the gimmick, didn't he?
0: Yeah, he threw me.
1: Oh, really? <laughs> really?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah? That was what That's about. But, he, he was talking
0: But he was going to give it to it, his
2: brother, wasn't he?
0: Yeah, but and this never was going to lead up to it. That never happened. So, uh, and the trial match was good. I mean, I had Jeff Farmer was the guy originally I tried out with, which was uh, of course the NWO Co- right? Yeah, yeah. But um but yeah it was <laughs> that was an experience but then i just went on um doing my thing gorgeous george doing my thing and then when i hooked up with jake went to uh mexico for triple a for triple mania and toured mexico for a bit that summer which was hot hottest part of the summer too man I, I lost so much weight because i was like it, but i could stand the heat over there because it's more of a dry heat you know I maybe mean? not much humidity like where i'm at now all right Carolina, lord you must but, have really uh, <laughs> stood out
2: uh, with that blonde hair in uh, Mexico and Puerto Rico.
0: Oh, yeah, tremendous. They, they, people would be waving me down the street, you know, like, ooh, la, la, you know, and all that. <laughs> and, uh, great, crazy stuff, man. And um, and in Mexico, I, <laughs> I, you know, I became a vegetarian in Mexico because, you know, you got, can't really trust the water too much. <laughs> <there. No. laughs> but But the salsa was good, right? And. Gosh, they put cheese on everything. It's crazy. And I remember doing our first interview with Jake and I for the uh, AAA, right? And they're talking about getting ready for Triple Mania. And they're asking Jake, it was like, so guys, how do you like Mexico, right? And and Jake pretty much told the truth. Look here, man, the fruit sucks. We've been snacking on a box of razor brand the whole week. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's hot as hell. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, and Jake was so real, man. Like, he, he, you know, always something. Dick's brain never stops working. You know, you meet some people where they never stop thinking about ideas and stuff. Jake was just yeah. one of those guys. Yeah. And he's smartest senior college professor. Um, but I had a great one with him. Then came back, I did, uh went, hung out with him in Texas for a bit and did a few Texas shots while I was there and hanging out. And then that's when I got called to get a second trial match in WCW. So I went down there and I, my second trial match was Chavo Guerrero Jr., which I couldn't have been more happier because I love, much love and respect for the Guerrero family. I mean, all those guys is tremendous. Yeah.
2: Who better to wrestle in your tryout match than someone who's definitely going to make you look good?
0: Oh my gosh. And we had a great match too. And I remember Diamond Dallas Page, who, see, through Jake, I met different people like Steve Austin, uh, Diamond Dallas Page Raven, you know, because we're all have mutual friends and Jake, right? Yeah. And uh, Diamond, uh, Dallas uh, said was putting the match over like it was like light years great <laughs> and all this, <laughs> yeah. and, and then the agents the agents walked in, right? You know how the agents do? They give you all these different stories, yeah, yeah, You don't know which one to believe, right? So I remember when my grandpa told me a long time ago, said, always know who the boss is, right? So Eric Bershoff walks in, <laughs> he says, great match, guys. We can use a good talent like you. Welcome aboard. And when he said that, all those agents went, oh, great match. That was awesome. <laughs> you know, this and that. And I knew right then and there, if there was a problem, I had an issue, Eric was the guy, right? right. And, I, and I, walked, I walked out, and everybody was on the line to shake my hand, welcoming the company. It was like one of the greatest feelings in the world, man. I, I just got uh, put in the words.
2: That's really cool, man. Um, Jack, we've moved a little bit ahead here in the time one, uh, into 97. That's good. Um, on. do you, do you know oh, where we're at? I do. I've been following
3: along. Cool. I've been editing my uh, sheet as I go. Cool.
2: I got a little lost for a second. That's all. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm, I'm completely good. So yeah, I I think I just messed up my document a bit, but yeah, keep going. Jack. Yeah. So, um, of course, I did
3: the same year, thing. <laughs> <laughs> I know how
1: feel.
2: Yeah.
3: So in uh, 97, on October 9th, you did the uh, pro, uh, WCW Pro uh, taping against Eddie Jackie. And of course, you just told the story about, uh, then about eventually getting signed. Um, so of course, the, uh, th- in this time you portray Gorgeous George III for the uh, last time against Evan Courageous in a dark match on Thunder for the 14th of May in 98. Was it a bittersweet moment saying goodbye to Gorgeous George III? Because I know that has, that uh, gimmick would have carried a bit of sentimental value to you, given it being uh, uh, family-related.
0: Well, I wasn't um, sure how long that was gonna last, if you will. Oh. Um, so I just kept on doing what I was doing. And, um, uh, and I kept, matter of fact, the first year of the company, I was, like I said, I was I'm still the name Gorgeous of there. but then um, Randy S- Savage wanted to use the name for his uh, ballet at the time, uh, Stephanie yeah. Bellers, right? So I, mean, I I still kinda of wanted to work things out, so I had a meeting with Eric Bischoff and um, you know, we put our heads together and come a few ideas and that's how the Maestro pretty much was born, which was uh a throwback from the uh gorgeous stories or song I was doing, but more of a musical twist because, you know, my theatrical background and everything, right?
2: Right. It's
3: kind of a uh
0: I worked with uh, Jimmy Hart for that. Yeah. Cause we're, we're like one of, the few, one of the few that knew anything about music in the company. And plus it was great. Cause Jimmy and I had a, that Memphis background too. You know what I mean? Of course. Was yeah. Of course.
2: So it's kind of a collaboration so, with you and Eric on this uh, gimmick.
0: Mhm. And, uh, like, and Eric was another guy that was always straight with me. It was always cool with me. And, um, you know, I'll always be uh, indebted for that. You know, I mean, you hear about, you hear stories about guys doing this and that, but, you know, you always appreciate the ones that are straightforward with you and l- legitly want to help you out, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, but that's how the maestro was a born more or less, and there were times where I had to really kick in those pedals in the bass and the piano because they would, dr- the crowd noise would drown out the sound and Right. When I was playing the piano, right? And uh Sting and I were only two doing the deal where we we're coming out of the rafters in our entrances. Like I'd come out of the rafters in the candle opera, baby grand, right? <laughs> yeah. I because I would have harness of my back attached to my tights where I was propel myself just in case the contraption would fall, right? And I worked right. with stuntman prior. And you will Sting did the same thing. It was his entrances after uh the passing of Owen, in which um the Hart family, like I mentioned I think I mentioned it earlier, uh, much love for the Hart family. I uh was, you know, I, I knew Owen, knew of Owen and um matter of fact, uh, my WWE trial prior to entering WCW, uh Owen Owen, uh, Owen was there, because uh, myself and Chris Benoit were trying out at the same time. All right. And crit and neither neither Chris nor I you know, he just didn't work out at the time at WWE, but we ended up in WCW later. Yeah. And uh, so I asked Brett for permission to do, do the um, entrance, because if he would have said no, I of respect for the Hart family, I would have told Bischoff in the office, like, no, I can't do it. You know what I mean? But yeah. he gave me the green light to do it. Brett did. so um, That's cool. I, I just want to make sure it was cool before I did, because I didn't want, you know, I love the Hart family to death so much.
1: Absolutely. And yeah, my,
0: one of my trainers, Nelson Royal, was good friends with the old man, Stu, right? Yeah. So and that's how it you know, broke the ice, the hearts.
2: So um, you're starting to portray the uh, maestro character, and uh, you eventually get put on TV, finally. Uh, and uh, Symphony, a.k.a. Ryan Shamrock, ends up being your valet. She's so hot. Um, what was it like <laughs>
1: working with her?
0: <laughs> it's, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, she's great you know my my original picks actually when they came up to me for the management were Bobby Heenan and Sherry Martel Yeah and uh Bobby Bobby wanted the gig but he was too busy at the time doing commentary Shivani right yeah and all that and then then Sherry almost had it right and then I think that's when uh they realized that uh Alicia Webb was coming into the company right so they wanted Alicia with me but it, that was great, man. I love Alicia. She's uh, what a sweetheart of a lady, and uh, it was it was so great working with her. I mean, she was always positive and um, happy-go-lucky, right? And even to this day, you know, what I mean, yeah. So yeah, yeah. She's I'm I'm really happy to put us together. You know, it was a pleasure to work with her.
1: Cool,
2: man. Um, early on uh, in your run as the maestro, you work with. Dale Torborg, Norman Smiley, Prince Ikea, Brian Nobbs, Evan Courageous, Kaz Hayashi, just to name a few. Um, What are your fondest memories of these early times on television in this character in the company?
0: Oh, it was going great. Um, You know, and and I saw a lot of uh, historical events when I was there, you know. Uh, First off, when the Radicals left, went to WWE. Yeah. And which, which they were my writing buddies. I was like, "What am I going to do?" <laughs> you know, Eddie, Grizz, Barry, Dean. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, I, I saw a lot of historical events when I was there at the, end of the time, and uh, I made the best of it. And um, I know Norman Smiley. I've had some many great matches with him. Uh, wrestling matches, even hardcore matches, and yeah, uh, class that guy all the way. Um, you know Buff Bagwell, oh he he was great. Uh, of course, Ernest Cat Miller, uh just a very entertaining guy and three-time karate champ. Man, I mean tough, tough as nails in the the karate world. Um, but I think a lot of our matches. You know, he I just have him do the karate. You know, I mean, I do the wrestling, and you know, just do what we do best. You know what I mean? And yeah. hey, it it worked. It really did. And and to bring the James Brown in the mix, which is Night of Events, did that at one point, you know, so that was that was a pretty big deal. And, and to meet James Brown and have, and James was a big, he would tell me about how much my grand uncle meant to him, Gorgeous right. George, because you know, he, he, Gorgeous George inspired him, Muhammad Ali, and a lot of other entertainment and athletic personalities through the years.
2: Of course, so, yeah. Um,
0: to get his take on it, man, was like really, really, really cool. And uh, yeah, it it was this great, great, a great time. I um, I don't regret the WCB run at all. I I man, I cherish it. I mean, because it was during a time the company was doing good, and then this was right like before things started going spiraling. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. With that. And I, I my contract was up right before it got really bad. Like, yeah. I remember. I, I think remember you were there on
2: the uh, the evening of uh, the Bischoff Russo. Uh, era beginning. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was their beginning. It was my last. <laughs> <laughs> my last my um, I wanted to scale um, it back a little bit and ask you. Um, just ask you about uh, uh, when you start the character with Eric Bischoff. Not long afterward, he's gone, and then Vince Russo comes in. Um, how did you find working underneath Vince Russo? Ah. Uh... Well, I think he would have booked the angle that you had with David Flair.
0: Y- yeah. And that was going to lead to other things, actually. And eventually, Rick, which I was really looking forward to that, but it never really transpired. And uh, I know, you know, Rick, Rick was looking forward to it as well. And because now I talked to Rick quite a bit and uh, it was just... um it was just one of those things you know it wasn't just my deal it was a lot of deals that could have been great but it just fell for the wayside because uh during that time and you know russo even left at one point yeah and we had like a, a boss every two weeks and it was like the right hand didn't know what left hand was doing and us as talent we were just trying to make an omelet with a few eggs <laughs> you know what i mean so um
1: Cause it seemed so
0: just, to me like
2: the uh, maestro yeah. character was getting a little bit of momentum there. Uh, and then when Kevin Sullivan kind of took over you were doing the um, stuff with the cat and then it just kind of seemed like, uh, after the cat thing uh, had transpired and finished up that, uh, things were just winding down a little bit. Is that how you see it too? Pretty much. Yeah.
0: Um, like, maybe they didn't know exactly what to do with the maestro. I don't know. Right. Well, I don't think it was Kevin, honestly, as it was. Just because, uh, I mean, gosh, they had this Bill Bush came in, and he didn't know who that guy was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, and there was uh, Spiegel, I believe. Spiegel came by uh, and, and, and a few other people. And then um, and Bischoff tried to come back to save the end, but it was just too late at that point because it didn't. I remember even after my contract was up, I'd come back and see some of my friends a couple of months later, and they were like doing the Nitros and Dunders in the same night. And just seeing how worn out Lance Storm was and Rick and
1: yeah. everybody was, I
0: was like, oh, man, was nuts. <laughs>
2: um, I wanted to do, uh, talk about some of your final televised matches. Um, there's a loss on Nitro to Bagwell, uh, a win over the Demon on Worldwide, and a win over the Cat on Nitro and then losing to the Cat on the March 7th edition of Thunder. Um, during this point, I guess you know your contract is probably coming up. Did you know your time in WCW is coming to an end? If Were there negotiations taking place over possibly re-signing, or what was happening during those you know, last few weeks?
0: Well, actually, actually the, the last match I had with Ernst and Cat Miller was supposed to be for that following pay-per-view, uh, uncensored, right. I believe. Yeah. Because uh, we, we'd started Super Brawl with James Brown, and there were talks about even bringing the vanilla ice and.
1: <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> and,
0: and we were all excited about it, man. I mean, and Terry Taylor, he was putting it all together, man. And, you know, he, he was a big fan of our feud, man. And, um, and everybody, everybody's so high. I remember Vampiro telling me uh, after the deal with James Brown there in San Francisco, right? I get in the back, and he's telling me, bro. That was some of the best facial expressions I've ever seen in my life. Like, that, was, <laughs> that was great, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I saw James Brown and I did the Fred Sanford pass now, <laughs> Yeah, Fred Sanford. Yeah, you know what I mean. Oh, it was hysterical. Oh my god. <laughs> but um, but they they changed it up to a thunder a rematch to a thunder. Oh, really? Rematch. That's why? Okay, that's weird. Yeah, yeah, and, and there's a lot of weird things happening, and yeah, and I was going to try to work things out to resign. And then I had, I had these financial advisors were telling me that how badly things were financially going with the company, right? right. And not only that, I remember one time, I, I, <laughs> I, I saw Elliot murnick uh, give Ric Flair some house show figures, right, and he stood up with them was like, my God, what are they doing? And I knew right <laughs> then that wasn't a good sign. And, um, and I just, uh, I remember getting a call from them saying that, you know, we'd love to have you. It's this, but this and that. And I remember telling them, the dude, already know. It's okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no? yeah, I think there were a few guys around that time period that um, ended up um, either getting released or their contract just expired and they didn't uh, re-sign them. Guys like
0: uh, Lodi and Lenny Lane, um, et cetera.
2: Yeah,
0: um, I was heading you- to ECW after that. I was trying to head in ECW and, and, and then we on. the same thing happened to them. They folded. <laughs> it was like yeah. a domino effect. Oh. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's tragic when you look back at it. Um The final match shown on TV with the Maestro is a win over Frankie Lancaster on Saturday night on March 15th. Uh, kind of coming full circle there. The first time you did perform on a WCW TV show was Saturday night and uh you... You get uh, in, in, in there with Frankie on March 15th. Um, then you work yeah. a bunch of house show matches with the cat and uh, Mike Jones uh, before it's all over. Um, when you look back on your time in WCW, uh, you know how much does that time mean to you?
0: Oh, it means so much. Uh, it, it was really great. At, being part of, at one time, one of the biggest companies, if not the biggest company in the world at that time, <laughs> was a big honor. And yeah, that time was always garish, right? I mean, you know, the wrestling family. I mean, just seeing all the wrestling family from all over the world come together like that. I mean, it, it, it's special, It really is. Jack, it's definitely a
3: looking back on it as well. It's just there must be such a special like thing to look back on, especially unique, is not. Mm, how many people were on the roster at the time? <laughs> right, definitely under hundred. Only, yeah, those maybe, people could, oh, only those people crazy yeah like only you guys got to experience <laughs> and, and a lot that.
0: of the, and a funny thing is uh, some of them stayed home for a while <laughs> they were under contract they really didn't yeah. even know how many the exact number you know no, Randy
2: Savage's brother was under contract for like four or five years and he never made it onto television he just sat at home and collected the paycheck so
3: <laughs> Jeez, sign me <laughs> yeah, up
2: <right?
3: laughs> sign me up but
2: <laughs>
0: Even
3: then, it's just like being, being able to be a part of that time period, especially even to this day, still um, hundreds and thousands of fans still you know, think about it and reminisce about it all the time. And it, just, uh, it must be an awesome and special feeling uh, to sort of look back on that. Um, but I wanted to it's sort of ask time. you as well. Um, this is a question we like to ask uh, a fair bit with a lot of the guys who were around around that time. Uh, did you see any of the invasion angle? Uh, we just love res- uh, hearing wrestlers talk about how badly WWE fucked that angle up. So obviously, that could that could have just anyone could have booked it. I can't <laughs> stress enough at how um,
2: a child would have it booked just... it better. A child, even if they just waited nine months, just a little bit, just wait a little while. What do you think, Papa Stro? What, what, what did you think of it?
0: <laughs> I, you know, it, it it just it wasn't as effective as it could have been without the key players. You know. If you have to do Invasion, I can do it right. Do it with the key players that made it's, the company. You know what I mean? And it's, yeah. the,
3: it's essentially a one-in-a-lifetime storyline as well. You're not going to be able to do that for oh, a, right. a very, very, very long time. Like, you know, just...
2: A lot of the main players I mean, also they're... had a lot to give still at the time. So that angle could have lasted several years.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're at, when they started, there was no flair, no sting. You know, and... And and some of the other the guys that were still around they were doing uh, you saw what they were doing with them you know yeah yeah <laughs> definitely
3: and, and I don't think uh, in throughout that storyline what they were actually doing was bad it was just who they had doing it it's like all they had to do was just replace some of the cast with what the st- some of the stuff they were doing not all of it some of it was fucking awful but um, for the most part like I, also <laughs> if you know what I mean like
0: I can only imagine what they would have done with me. Oh, I, I'll probably be up the elevator music as the maestro. <laughs> <laughs> or or, or a bathroom custodian, kind of like David brother, brother Love, right?
3: <laughs> at this, uh, yeah. WrestleMania. Yeah. Did you have um any contact with the WWF at that time whatsoever in 2001?
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know, I got friends up, I've had friends up there for quite a while. It's just, even to this day, for some reason, you know, there's no man offer at a table for me or anything. But no. I mean, it's never transpired for some reason, but I mean, I do have friends up there. Yeah. I keep in touch with and Yeah. You know, they're, they're, and they, you know, they've, you know, they've been really been good to me actually, you know, giving me coverage and stuff on the network and everything. And, and yeah, they put me on like the 15 superstars that rock section on their uh, <laughs> website. And I that mean, was very flattering. So. <laughs> um,
3: how was the uh, health of the indie circuit after you left?
0: It was okay, you know. I mean, it it was really nothing new for me because you know I've, you know, the Indies where I came from, and kind of going back home, if you will. And um, but this time around, I I got involved in many other things like um, the acting, which I'm doing now, uh, which um, I've been done various films and series, and which I'm I'm still in the series actually on the TV called The Dusk, which I star as the chief as a supernatural series. Cool. Uh there's Seneca Cine- the Roku, uh Amazon Fire TV and Apple TV. And yeah. yeah, I'm doing that and I got a couple of films coming out as well. Yeah, you know, I, I was in like One Hill TV series, One Tree Hill, uh Sleepy Hollow and Fox, uh, Secrets of Lies in ABC and this various like, good behavior on TNT. So yeah, this various films in series through the years, and um, I got uh, two films coming out soon. Uh, one's, uh, I'm gonna be on set four, it's a Harlequin origin story called The Devil's Daughter, which I'll be portraying Dr. Jeremy Arkham, that film, and another uh, horror film that'll be out either end of this year, beginning of next year, will be called Stench of Iniquity, where I'll be portraying uh, an ancient vampire named Abba
1: wow
3: (laughs) (laughs) the sort of uh horror films where you specialize uh, a lot of your like for most your films or as a sort of just um you sort of just take what you can get
0: oh pretty much uh but i've always had a deep love for the old school horror sci-fi genre and i have i have my own show uh on my facebook every friday night at uh 12 midnight actually eastern standard time um facebook.com slash stro the maestro called uh the stro zone and which i myself and uh dorothy and the whole gang you know um, i do these little intros to these old school horror and sci-fi flicks right
1: <laughs>
0: so th- those are always a lot of fun and because cool. i was a big fan of uh, vincent price back in the day and twilight right. and all that
1: yeah
2: all
0: the creepy stuff <laughs> i even did a, a cheesy horror film your way right? Uh, Called Dead or Country, yeah. And uh, by, the, by these space zombies invading Australia, and uh, <laughs> I was like pre- portraying myself visiting Australia, and they're trying to do an interview with me on the phone, and I'm warning them about these zombies attacking people. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sarah Karloff was in it. Uh, Boris Karloff's daughter was in it, right? Cool. Yeah, I think I think the director's name was Andrew Andrew Merkel back.
3: Else, I think. Awesome, we we'll have to plug that down
0: below. Yeah, sounds Some good. Yeah. Review, Carl.
2: Okay. Um.
0: <laughs> I, I, <want laughs> I love a central. said things have never been deader deader country.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and it's in Australia, of course, because <laughs> you know seventy percent of our country is
2: desert, which is all just
3: nothing there. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to ask you about um a run you had in a a company called NWA mountain state wrestling between 2008 and 2011. Um, it's kind of like your, I guess your last like run where you, you, you're working in one company quite a lot. Uh, how was that experience for you?
0: Oh man, that was, that was special. Um, you know, going back to the roots and it with NWA and everything. And, uh, I've always had deep, deep love for the national wrestling Alliance and you know, back when I was a kid. Right. So, um, and to, to win the Mountain State Wrestling Championship like three three times, I believe, was uh, was a big deal, and it got me shots at the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Who at the time champ was Adam Pierce. and we had some really, 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 really great matches together. we awesome. that guy. So, and it's really cool seeing him now doing his thing in the WWE and the back and everything. So,
2: awesome, man. Um... So uh, I want to also ask you what your kind of your ideal scenario would be for you to have your final match.
0: Oh, my gosh. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I i haven't really put much thought into, like, my final match, but um, I just hope it's against someone really, really great. I mean, I know there's some people still left in the bucket list. I, I would love to step in the ring with them. Um, Ah, uh, Kurt Angle being one of them,
1: oh, yeah.
0: Because um, um, and so I mean, if by hook or crook some that can happen, I mean I'd, I'd be that'd be a big, huge honor for me. <laughs>
2: right, <laughs> as it should be for anyone. Kurt Angle's just uh, one of the greatest of all time. Um, Absolutely. Uh, what do you hope your fans and peers think of when they think about the maestro or yourself?
0: Oh well, just you know, I. This is an entertaining guy who enjoys what he does. And, um, I guess I'm, you know, that's part of who I am anyway. You know, I'm just a happy-go-lucky person that just enjoys doing what I'm doing, whether it's writing, wrestling, acting, uh, what have you. So, yeah. um, just, uh, I, I just, uh, want to help uplift people, inspire people, and just, uh, help make the world a happier place. <laughs>
2: that's, awesome. that's awesome, man. Um, Jack, do you have anything else you want to add before I get to five second frenzy? Um, we'll just uh, finish off sort of our uh, something that's
3: always a bit of a career retrospect uh, and it's also a bit of a hard question too. Do you have any regrets from your time in pro wrestling overall?
0: Nah, never. Oh my god, oh. It, I've had a crazy life, but it's been the best ever. I, I wouldn't change it for anything. Uh,
3: that's uh, that's my favorite. So answer. many
0: stories I can. That, there's so many great stories I could tell you. Oh, my gosh. Um, funny stories. Um, I'll, let me tell you the chicken story, guys. I don't know if you heard yeah. this one yet. Go on. Okay. Um, uh, uncle Terry Funk. I, I adopted him as my uncle, and I told him I was coming, And every time I see him, I saw him Uncle Terry, right? He's, he's so cool. <laughs> well, um, one time we we're, we're shooting uh, promos leading up to the event that night, right? And I'm waiting to do mine. And uh, Terry's doing his best match with Ric Flair, right?
1: Yeah.
0: And he, <laughs> he's got this trash bag in his hand. And uh, everybody's asking Uncle Terry. He's like, Terry's, what's in the bag? And he's like, I'm saving it for the interview, right? So he <laughs> starts He starts the promo, right? They're taping it. And he reaches his bag, pulls out this rancid dead chicken. It's <laughs> <He's laughs> supposed to be <laughs> this ranch. This ranch, <laughs> Texas. I don't know how he got the darn thing on a plane, right?
1: <laughs> he,
0: he, he, he's been the chicken he's chicken the camera right and he says you see this chicken I shall now compare its anatomy to that of one Ric Flair see these skinny legs these are the legs of Ric Flair see this beak this is the snaws of Ric Flair and I'm gonna take Ric Flair by the neck and he's grabbing the chicken as he's saying this right <laughs> and I'm gonna whip him like a dog. daddy he is he's beating the chicken on the ground feathers flying everywhere I think Dustin Rose, he, he's like laughing, holding his ribs. I spilled up my water bottle. The whole joint's how laughing, right? <laughs> Later on, that night, we, you know, I'm going to the hotel. They put us up at a really nice hotel, by the way. And uh, the bellboy, who was like taking the lugs to take back the building inside, was uh running around the parking lot like he was lost with the same trash bag Terry had earlier. <laughs> so I was curious, right? So I went up to him and says, hey kid you are right. what's going on and he says uh, some old man gave me this dead chicken and I don't know what to do with it
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, it
0: was Terry yeah.
1: <laughs> just adds a
2: dead chicken to this kid <laughs> that's oh, just the sort
3: man. of shit we would fucking joke about <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my gosh oh, oh, that was good that was great <laughs> It's tough, man?
2: <laughs> all right. Um, well, uh, this is the next segment, um, Maestro, is called Five Second Frenzy. I just ask you a bunch of questions, and you've got five seconds to answer them. Uh, just quick fire kind All right. Of, just to learn a little bit about you and some of the things that you like. Um, what's the favorite match awesome. you've ever had?
0: Favorite match I've ever had? Uh, Rob Van Dam, man. I used to love wrestling that guy, man. We, uh, we'd go all, all out. Great guy.
2: Uh, and would he be your favorite opponent?
0: One definitely one of the top five.
2: <laughs> uh, who's your actual favorite wrestler?
0: Wrestler, ah, uh, I would say. Uh,
1: oh gosh,
0: I mean, it it, it would have been right up there with uh, Kurt Angle we mentioned earlier, and um, Harley Race. Good. Cool. Good choice. Uh, your
2: favorite film.
0: Favorite film? Ooh, Ah, so many because I—it's going to be hard for you to answer. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Oh gosh. Yes. Um, Let me think. Think on that one. Uh, Favorite film? Oh gosh. Uh, Godfather. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure or anything. You you don't uh, have to worry about the five-second
2: thing. It's okay. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm a big uh, Albertino fan. All so right, cool. More about some Albertino Pacino, In uh, Your favorite TV show? TV show, Walking Dead. Love that Excellent. show.
1: Excellent. Nice.
2: I still haven't watched it and I don't know anything that's ever happened, but I'm going to get into it because people keep telling me about it. Um, what's your favorite food?
0: Favorite food? Anything grilled. Love grilled food.
2: Nice. Your favorite alcoholic beverage?
0: Alcoholic beverage. Ah, gosh. Uh, well, I guess what I, when I used to drink, rather, it was like beer. Um, but I used to, have to think for Sea Breezes, man, because I love cranberry juice. If I can nice. take the alcohol, look out.
1: Fair
2: enough. <laughs> <laughs> I got two
0: more. Uh, no, wait a minute now. Wait a minute. It would have to be kamikazes. Uh, Eddie kamikazes. Guerrero got me hooked on them. All right.
2: <laughs> I've had many God good things about Adam. God bless Eddie Guerrero. Um, bon, bonsai. <laughs> <laughs> what's your uh, favourite female
0: body part? Oh my god! <laughs> I, I, I like the whole package. You know, I I can't really decide. Yeah, that's like, fine. Like We've thing. had
2: the answer before as well, so that's cool.
0: Yeah, um And
2: <laughs> la- <laughs> lastly, what's your favourite curse word?
0: Ah. Uh, Uh, damn. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's the best answer
2: we've had so far, to be honest. (laughs) Well, Maestro, um, I want to thank you for your time tonight. uh, And and, well, today for you, Uh, it's been real cool having a chat with you about your career. And, you know, I want to say, as Jack mentioned earlier, you're one of the very few that can say that they were, in one of the major companies at the hottest time wrestling ever had and you should be incredibly proud of that and everything that you accomplished
0: oh thank you so much i want to let you guys know i, I failed to mention earlier i'm part of the bullet click now uh which is a kind of international click uh and, and it started from uh, australia i don't know if you heard of bullet <laughs> click
2: i've heard of it yeah
0: uh, yeah 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 We're like the uh, N- N- nicky nitro and like i think there's some we have members in singapore and different places Right, so, cool. Big international
2: dealer. national Yeah, that's some way around you. Great. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, thanks, bro. And um, yeah, we appreciate your time tonight.
0: Oh, thank you, guys. Thanks, and uh,
2: yeah, yeah. keep in touch. We shall. do, man. And uh, as and gentlemen, that was the podcast in conjunction with the WCWA
1: Network. I'm California alongside the Maestro and we will see you next time. Thank you.